first rule in grip sport is you tell everyone about grip sport. You're crushing pinch grip, thick bar, wrists. If the best guy in the world can't lift 100 pounds on it, I, I don't give a shit about it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Grip Show. Um, with me today, I have a really special guest, uh, Sarah Chapelo, and we're going to get into um, really some of her big performances lately because she's coming off of two really big wins and two major competitions. And uh, yeah, we just want to kind of bring up some of those things. And, and some of the lifts that she pulled were actually records as well. So she's basically won two competitions, back-to-back weekends, and set a lot of records along the way. So we're going to kind of address those topics since those are kind of hot topics right now. Um, so welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks. Yep. So um, I guess we could start with King Kong because that was kind of the, you know, that was the first thing, you know, October 28th, but I think you guys lifted a little bit earlier because yeah. it's multi-venue. But uh, how did you feel overall about your performance in King Kong? Um, yeah, it, we lifted, I think it was October 15th in Carbondale. So it was a couple of weekends before the main contest date. Um, and Steve and Jeremy do such a great job there of running the contest. Um, it's always a pleasure to go there to lift. Um, I had, I, I felt pretty confident in my preparation leading up to the contest. Um, things, lifts, lifts went pretty well for me. Um, just in practice. And I was kind of balancing uh, training of the King Kong lifts with some of the world championship arm lifting um, lifts also. So um, a little bit more variety than what I usually do, but um, it worked out pretty well. And um, I really, I really like the last man standing format that we used this year for King Kong. Um, I feel like it's a more accurate representation of what I was able to do. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes in the past, this is my fourth, uh, fourth year in King Kong. And when you have the max four attempts, um, it's a lot of pressure to uh, choose wisely for those. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of took some of the pressure off there where I could just go out and focus on, focus on the actual lifting instead of trying to, incorporate any kind of strategy early yeah and i think i don't know i mean I, I i'm definitely a fan of the last man standing format the only bad part is is like if you do happen to maybe miss like a weight that that was maybe like a little bit under what you were anticipating or like under a pr it's like oh well now you're out whereas yeah. if you make the jumps properly with the four attempts it's like you could miss your second attempt and you still have a third and fourth like as a backup but yeah it it's true but there's there's definitely pros and cons to both. But I think as long as you're picking smart jumps, uh, last man standing, usually I I would say kind of produces bigger lifts just because there's more attempts. So yeah. I, I think if we're trying to find out who has the strongest grip or see what people are capable of, that format probably has a little bit of an advantage over the attempts, I would say. But yeah. I guess both kind of have their place. But you, so you think you were more of a fan of that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's more friendly to newer lifters, too, who might not necessarily know what to pick for their attempts. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you see some people in competitions, they'll, uh, you know, they don't know what to open at. Like, should I open now? Right. And then they open right. and they're like 50 pounds lighter than what they should have opened at. So they just run out of attempts or something, you know? So this at least gives them unlimited attempts to open at whatever and then just see where you end up. So that makes a lot of sense as well. So yeah. def- that's definitely a good point. And uh, going into that, like you said, you're balancing. Um, I-, I guess the good thing about the competitions would be is that both had a pinch, even though the wits were slightly different and one's, one, you know, King Kong single hand, but then there were V bars in both. It was just a difference in diameter. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these things kind of crossed over, you know, there's two rolling handles. Um, so for the most part, it, although you're mixing those together, did you, did you kind of find it fairly easy to kind of, I, I don't say easy, you know, did you feel like it was kind of easy to mix those together considering the events kind of lined up in that way? Yeah, it was nice to have the variety. Um, you know, so not lifting the exact same handle every every week or every training session. Um, yeah. And also to uh, kind of going back and forth between practicing lockouts or just getting it up high enough to reach a crossbar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it worked out pretty well. It worked out pretty well. I was exhausted though by the end of King Kong. I don't think I've ever been that tired at the end of a contest before. Like, I, do you think it was just like the sheer volume of attempts? Yeah, just that. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a lot so. of attempts. Yep. So if we just kind of run that down, um, I, I assume you would probably know. I, I kind of have an idea about some of these lifts. Um, I did uh, some episodes with people. Um, at least uh, Jalen Worley and Luke Raymond, because they had set records on the men's side. And yeah, I know, I know you've set some records as well during the competition, but I knew we were going to do the interview or I wanted to include it in the interview. That way we could just kind of knock it all out at once. Um, do you, I guess, want to speak on maybe some of those records because was the crusher this year a record for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I lifted 183. 0.53 pounds on the crusher, okay. which I think was about four pounds more than I did last year. Okay. And this is, and are, and are some of these, um, you breaking anyone else's records or most of these you're breaking your own records? No, I broke my own record. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm at yeah. the top, <laughs> top of that list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is, is that how all the lifts were? Did you like re- break all your own records or was there some like new ones that like maybe you kind of took from someone else? Uh, let's see. Yeah. The, I, the block, um, I got the top spot in that, the record for that jug. I got the record for that. Um, everything, but finish ball, finish okay. ball. I think I'm about fifth on the overall list. Okay. Tammy got first place, um, in finish ball and she's, she's way ahead of me. I think, okay. I think her finished ball lift was about 12 pounds more than, more than mine. It was huge. Okay. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it, it was, it was pretty close. I, I think, which is, like I said, it's, it's key pinch, whatever. I'm not going to hate on it, but, uh, but I think Tammy lifted like one pound less than me on the finished ball. <laughs> so she was pretty close. And I, not that that's yeah. like a great event for me, but it's like, also I'm not terrible at it. And, uh, but like on the block and stuff, I think you lifted like 82, 83 pounds. Yeah, 82.12 pounds. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's – I hit 88 and a half. Now you're lifting, like, the same as me. And I, I'm only bringing that up because it's, like, 
uh, like I said, I'm not going to like brag about brag on myself, but it's like when it comes to uh, that implement, I'm talking about you just being like five pounds off of me basically for what I pulled. But like, I'm also somebody that's like yeah. pinched, pinched 45s, you know, in my hand. So I've, I've plate pinched 45s. I've, you know, I know it's not necessarily pinched, but like, like lifting the inch dumbbell, blah, blah. Like, so like super heavy blobs. Like I've lifted a 125 legacy with the same hand. And like, I'm not saying you can necessarily yeah. lift a 125 legacy, but I'm just saying that like, that's the kind of numbers that you're producing. Like you're right there with like pretty high placing male competitors and you're beating the majority of the male competitors, you know, that are on the list. And like I said, I don't always want to make it about male versus female thing, but I just kind of use it as a gauge to show people how strong you really are. That's my, that's my main point for kind of bringing it up. It's not to try to make this comparison, but to kind of give people a scale, like, yeah, I lift some like really like probably some of the biggest blobs for my hand size. And on the pinch block, you're like one one little tiny fractional jump off of me, basically. So it's a very impressive lift. I'm just trying to give it uh, a lot of credit and uh, hope people see that. So, yeah, that was another one. And uh, you said the jug. What did you end up lifting on the jug for King Kong? Uh, 204.59 okay. pounds. So still, and that's a two and a half inch uh, diameter handle for that. So that that's also, uh, yeah. you start getting over 200 pounds. I mean, I, I can't imagine too many people were close to you on that one. I don't know what the, what the drop off was, but. No, uh, I think I it's about 45 pounds more than the next person. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. with that being said, you pretty much set three new records or rebroke three old records that, you know what I mean? You probably were either your old record or maybe I don't know maybe the block hadn't been contested in a while um right yeah I had never done that in competition before so yeah that that was the only one that hadn't really been contested but the crusher and the jug probably re-breaking your own records there um with that being said you had uh you won so you won the the queen kong title right and top female lifter in the competition um, for overall, regardless of weight class or anything. And that's not the first time you've won that title. You said you've competed how many years in the competition? I've done four, four King Kongs and I've won three. Okay, so three out of four. That's what I was going to ask you was how yeah. many times you had won it. Um, and yeah. I believe um, anybody out there could get in the comments and correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say Tanner Merkel won three mm-hmm. King Kongs, maybe even in a row. And I think, I think that's the most anybody's won King Kong. So you having three and Tanner having three, I think that's the most that anybody has, uh, you know what I mean? Won the overall, if we're talking, you know, the two top dogs. Um, So I know Ivan Popchenko took first place again this year. So now he would have two titles. So maybe he's looking at a third next year. If he, you know, can kind of duplicate the same kind of performance he had this year, but you're essentially in a kind of a league of your own because of, uh, you know what I mean? Winning a a third title there. So just like I said, trying to put these stats out and get them out and words that make sense. I know I'm probably rambling a little little bit about it, but it's, uh, it's just not something you see very often. So I kind of just want to make sure that people get it Um, from the King Kong victories or, you know, the big lifts and all the records and stuff, you ended up uh, 
going to worlds, which we were just at down in Florida for arm lifting USA. So you're, you know, basically turning around in a pretty short time frame. You set all these records, you get your third King Kong title. Yeah. Now you're down in Orlando and you're, I'm assuming, you know, probably flying from Wyoming. Right. Yeah. So you, yeah, I flew to Denver, in, but yeah. Okay. So flying in and, uh, basically getting ready to go against, was it kind of the same field? Like the same people as, as in King Kong, same competition, or was there anybody that knew that popped up? Um, there were a few. Uh I know Jen Tippenham was in my class, um, okay. no weight class. She she came in uh fourth, I believe, at King Kong. Okay. Um and Melissa Dingy. Um Hannah, I'm not sure if Hannah Lewandowski, I, I can't remember if she did King Kong or not, but she was there at the world championship too. Okay, so I, I just wasn't sure how many of the people were like new new competitors, or if it was kind of like, oh, the same people going back to back, but the events also changed. So you mm-hmm. never know that could change things. But like I just was talking with uh, Ricardo in the uh, the recap episode, it's like when it comes to you lifting right now, you're you're kind of in a league of your own for this grip stuff. So um, world championships, what were your thoughts about that event lineup and how those lifts went for you? Um, the the two inch Saxon bar was interesting. That that one was a new one to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I lifted slightly more on that bar than I do in the three inch Saxon, but but I think you know I feel more confident with the three inch one. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it feels better both in training and in competition too. Um, but it was fine. I got one seventy on the two inch Saxon bar, uh, which was the top lift of the day there. Um, I think Tammy got one sixty on it um and then uh for the grandfather clock um 221 pounds on mm-hmm. that which uh that's a lot that's uh that was pretty cool okay so out of all those and i think you pulled like 20 something reps on the medley yeah like high 20s. Uh, 27 reps yeah yeah so um, you pulled like 27 reps and then i know that i don't think any of the other competitors in your class even managed to get to that last pin and lift it right yeah and you pulled yeah, it for 27 was, reps. I think, 145 pounds mm-hmm. um but yeah and it, i had done that too in training like i knew i, I would be able to rep out the final mm-hmm. weight for the full minute um that i, I kind of like though um the the Raptor events, um, just having the one go at it, you know, the 60 seconds to, to do as many as possible. Um, I kind of liked that. It was just different, different than working up to a max. Um, yeah. I thought it, it did a good job at um, kind of ranking, ranking the lifters, but in a short period of time, you know, so we weren't up there for hours yeah. doing rolling handle lifts. Um, yeah, I, I think no, for sure. It, it ended up the same way it would have um, if we had done it that way with a increasing weight. So, so it worked. It was it was kind of fun, different. Yeah, and I think the another cool thing to add in maybe about that would be that uh, with that, I mean, which, which you can alternate hands for a one rep max, but for most people, they have a stronger hand when it comes to a rolling handle. Most yeah. of the time, people aren't equal at both. But with that being a sub maximal weight. Well, for some people, it was a sub-maximal weight where you're going to do reps. 
people are allowed to use both hands. So if you're in that time frame, you might find somebody that has like a really good max with one hand, but maybe their offhand is weak. And then there's somebody mm-hmm. else that's not quite as strong as them, but both their hands are like right there. And then they might be yeah. able to, you know, pull out more reps. So it, it's just a little bit of a different opportunity, maybe depending on a lifter's attributes or what they can do. But I, I kind of thought that was interesting um, because both hands can kind of come into play. And like with King Kong, sometimes, I mean, you'll get people that have like one really strong hand and yeah, they have to use it for all the events, but they perform really well. And then if you get them on like an axle or you force them to do like anything with their off hand, they're like mm-hmm. nowhere to be found, you know? So it, it just, it just depends. So I kind of like the fact that it could uh, change things up based on getting both hands involved mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, not necessarily just being a one hand, one max type deal. So, um, out of all three of those lifts, yeah. which ones, or we, I guess, which lift was probably your, your favorite that day? Like, which one do you feel the best about or like the most proud of? Like, yeah. Um, the grandfather clock lift. Yeah. Two, two, two twenty one. Yeah. This yeah. is really cool. It just, yeah. It's now, just... <laughs> I know you said that you took like, you were, cause Ricardo said you were saving energy for, uh, the medley. Yeah. How much more do you think you had in the tank? Oh, you know, <laughs> it didn't, it didn't feel like a max, um, mm-hmm. maybe 10 pounds, but the options, okay. I think the options were, uh, to, to go up by either 3.3 pounds or, or 10 pounds. Yeah. Um, and I was happy. I was happy with what I got. So I, I was fine with just moving on. Okay. Yeah. And, um, like I said, so two huge wins. I just wanted to kind of get that out there and kind of talk about it a little bit. That way people didn't think I was like excluding you or something because I did videos for the other people about, oh, they broke this record. It's like, well, Sarah broke like three records. She's going to have like a whole like series of videos. I'll just <laughs> we'll just include it in the interview. So um, mm-hmm. definitely wanted to put that out there. So now that we got most of the recent competitions kind of, I guess, covered and put out there, um, you're in Glenrock, Wyoming. Yeah, that's right? right. So that's like your home base and you have a gym out there, correct? Um, so Glenrock my husband Barbell? and I or, started okay. the Glenrock Barbell Club mm-hmm. um, just about two years ago at this point. Um, we run a separate uh, lifting room out of our community rec center in our town. Mm-hmm. So we have a room in the basement there where we have um, our own equipment that we brought in, squat racks, yeah, special, well, those specialty bars, um, lots of different equipment. I have all my grip stuff down there. Um, but uh, it's a small town. We, it's about 2,500 people here in Glenrock. Okay. And the, the closest um, city is Casper, which is about 20 miles away. Um, but there aren't any gyms here it's just the recreation center um and i think because the town is is so small um we it's almost like we had more opportunity here and mm-hmm. we've developed a great relationship with the recreation center uh, leadership and they really support what we do so just to tell you a little bit about that um so we run a uh competition team for adults 
And I primarily do my training with a competition team. So we, we train together Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, from five to about seven, six thirty or seven. Um, most of our adults compete in powerlifting. So we're, we are an affiliate for the, um, USA powerlifting and do our meets in Casper mostly. Um, and I, I'm a little bit different because, you know, I do some of my workouts with the whole team, but I also do my own specialized, uh, mm-hmm. group training, obviously. So, yeah. so I'm a little different in what I do. And one of our, one of our teammates, um, competes in strongman. So he's actually going to be representing, um, Wyoming as part of America's strongest state, the, the Western regional qualifier, uh, which is going to be in January. So, so that's pretty exciting for us that uh, he he was chosen to be part of that team. There's uh, six people total uh, from each state that goes to represent their state. So so that's pretty okay. cool. Um, so you guys have actually, power. Yeah. Keep You have powerlifters, strongman, uh, grip, obviously. So it's just pretty much anything that's based around strength, right? Yeah, yeah, really. Um, and I I throw in Highland Games too. So okay. sometimes some of us will practice throwing together. Um, but we, our barbell club organized a strongman contest, the first one last summer, Glen Rock Strongest Man, uh, which started off as a novice contest. So the first year was just totally for beginners. Um, we had, I think, um, maybe about 15 or so competitors. We had um, women, we had teens, we had men. Um, and it was really it, it was just a fun day. Everybody had a great time. Everybody, um, we, we really, we really stress uh, safety in the events too. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we wanted to have events that people could be competitive at and have fun, but also um, lim- li- limited risk of injury. Yeah. Sometimes some of the strongman events um, look cool, but uh, just have a really, really high risk of injury and, and you know, we don't want that. We want people to have a good time. So, um, so that was in June, the first one. And then we're planning for future years to open it up to all, all levels have open divisions in addition okay. to the novice. Um, yeah. and also, and you know, I'm, I'm one of the assistant coaches. I help out when I can, my husband, Jim, he, he's really the mastermind behind a lot of it. Um, he's run, summer camps the past two summers for uh for youth in the town mostly middle school high school age you know 12 Mm -hmm. to 18 um so I go in I go into the camp and I lead a grip day with them every year and they they have a lot of fun doing that um and we have uh, a junior competition team so uh, middle school high school students who lift after school with us and um Many of them are actually in preparation right now for their first powerlifting meet, uh, which will be in Casper, um, November 18th. So a little, about a week and a half away. Okay. So yeah, you guys are staying real busy then. Yeah. Yeah. We offer a lot. Yeah. Um, it's important to us to give people opportunities to be active, um, at different stages of their lives, you know, so what we see is that you know a lot of people have a lot of opportunity to engage in um, 
engage in sports when they're in school, you know, up through high school, maybe they go to college and can do it then. But after they graduate from college, there's not really a whole lot out there for organized activities. Um, so, so we try to give opportunity um, just to be active at whatever, whatever stage you're at, um, kind of make it a, make it a lifelong activity. Yeah. And like you're mentioning, you said, you know, with a population that would be a little bit smaller, like you said, 2,500, maybe it's different than if, you know, somebody's maybe used to, I don't know, like an example I would use is like, there's certain places that like I've been to where it's like, man, this is the only gym within 50 minutes. And then you could go somewhere like LA or something. And it's like, yeah, there's 10 gyms on the same street. Right. So I think it's really cool that you guys are, um, kind of out there maybe a little isolated where there's not as many opportunities for people to be doing that, but you're kind of taking the initiative to, you know, cover all those different uh, strength disciplines from a variety of different ages and getting people involved in that stuff. And basically, I guess, giving them a, just giving the opportunity and being able to build that up, especially with the experience from all the competing and, you know, competitions and stuff you guys have done. So, um, yeah. No, I think it's awesome. So like, yeah, if if anybody's out there, I I don't know how many people from Wyoming will be watching the show or, you know, who you share it with or who who it gets to, but yeah, hopefully people can, uh, I don't know, kind of take, take some of this and maybe it introduces some new people to the sport, whether it be on the grip side or whether they're just powerlifting or doing anything strength related. I think the biggest thing is just getting in the gym. So yeah, hopefully, like I said, hopefully, uh, you just going out kind of, promoting talking about it just bringing it up maybe reaches somebody that if you weren't out doing that maybe they wouldn't have uh found out about it you know so yeah um, wyoming has the lowest population of any state in the country but we have a lot of cool things going on here a lot of good opportunities well there's so much land too yeah that's the thing it's like there's so much land but like not as many people so right you know you get a lot of uh, i guess distance between whereas there might be a lower populated state but it's like the size of a city, you know, Rhode Island or something. I don't know. I'm just, I'm yeah. kind of just making that up, but I assume Rhode Island's population is pretty small, but it's like, yeah, so is the state, you know, there's like nothing to it. So um, good that you guys are basically kind of like that platform or in that space and people can use you guys as a resource and learn from it because I'm sure these people that are powerlifting and competing, you know, I mean, wh- what would they be doing if that wasn't there? Or if you weren't coaching, you know, it's like, I, right. you, you hope they would be lifting. You'd hope that they'd be finding something positive to do, but maybe not. So, yeah. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the teens that lift with us, um, you know, some of them do lift between, you know, in their off seasons from other sports, mm-hmm. but for some of them, it's their primary activity. It's, it's what they want to do year round. It's, it's their jam, I guess, as, yeah. as people would say. Um, and just to see the confidence that they get that they're developing, you know, they're just becoming these useful humans, um, so strong and confident. And it's just, it's really, um, you know, an honor for me to be a part of that. It's, it's really cool. Well, yeah. And I think another thing to add is like, you're kind of mentioning with that kind of younger age group nowadays with so much technology, cell phone, tablet, the whole deal, people just aren't as active in general. So like you said, for some of these kids, yeah, there's others that maybe are doing sports and they're using the training to aid their sport and they're 
they're involved in various activities, but for those that aren't doing a lot of sports and that is their main thing, the world in general has just been kind of uh, a lot more stagnant and, Mm. you know, kind of just sitting down on the phone, Netflix, TV, whatever, you know? And uh, I think if there's anything that some of the younger generation kind of needs is something like that, where it's like, you know, Hey, get up, move some weight around. You know, I don't know. I'm just, I, I grew up lifting weights. So it wasn't ever a problem for me, but I understand that, you know, not everybody's that way. So I think that, uh, yeah, like I said, for not just your area, but like society as a whole, that age group, very important to, uh, get that kind of training. And it's awesome that, you know, you and your husband are providing that for those people. So does that pretty much wrap up most of like what you had to say on that? Like I said, I, I, I'd love to talk about the gym as much as you want or all the stuff you're doing, but does that cover most of the activities and stuff for that? So, yeah, I just, I wish I had an opportunity like that when I was that age. I mean, you know, back, back then girls didn't really go into the weight room at all. You know, when I was in high school, yeah. it just wasn't a thing. And I'm glad it's, I'm glad it's becoming more of a thing. So um, absolutely yeah, that's it though okay so i know you had mentioned um doing some highland games yeah so how how often have you done that or when when did that exactly start <laughs> and i know highland games and like strong man strong woman whatever somebody wants to say you know um those kind of go hand in hand there's a lot of people that do both um yeah yeah around what time did you start that was that before grip or is that kind of in conjunction with grip um well i started off doing strongman that was kind of the okay. first strength sport i did um and i started uh strongman in i think 2016 um mm-hmm. my first highland games was 2019 okay and i did a handful the first year at the time i was living in new hampshire and there's a pretty tight-knit group in new, new england that throws together um and the good thing too about New England is, um, there's a lot of people who live there. So there are a lot of opportunities to have Highland games. And so pretty much every weekend in the summer, there's a Highland games going on somewhere in the region there. So, so the first year I, uh, I think I did four or five Highland games, um, and just got to know a bunch of great people and you made, made some progress on my, my lifts. Um, since then, um, probably do one or two a year. I think I did, um, 2020 was hard because of COVID stuff. So there, there wasn't as yeah. much going on that year. Um, and then I moved to Wyoming in 2021. So, um, here it's a little harder to find Highland games, um, just because the, population centers mm-hmm. are so spread out so um so two suburbs ago i did the one in cheyenne and that was that was a good one um this year this summer i went up to kalispell montana and threw with a group of friends uh from new england who had come out they flew out and i met up with them there so we, we threw in montana so so that was that was pretty cool okay so you're, you're kind of traveling on that side as well. You're not just traveling to these grip things. You're traveling and doing other stuff. Um, I have to ask yeah. you now yeah. for uh, Highland games. I'm not as familiar with it. I know there's a variety of events. There's a lot of different stuff. 
what is your favorite event for Highland Games that you've ever done? Like, what's the coolest event to you? Maybe something you've done one time, or maybe it's something that's contested often. What is your favorite thing to do for Highland Games? Um, I love the hammer throws. That's where you okay. wind up the. It's it's basically a long stick with a weight around weight at the end, and you you yeah. wind it up and throw it kind of over over your back and see how far it can go. Yeah, there's a heavy hammer, light hammer. Usually contests include both, but that's okay. That's the most fun for me. I like the I like the events where it's more strength and you can just you know heave it heave it as hard as you can. Um, I'm not so great at the events that include a lot of fancy footwork. Those, those are just a lot harder for me. You know, there's some yeah. like with the, the the weight for distance throws. You have to, you know, wind it up and then kind of um, spin a couple of times and, and yeah. let it go. Um, and this year was actually um, the the first year where I felt a lot more confident in my spins. And I didn't really even practice the spins that much, but what I did was I watched a lot of um, other people's videos that they would post on Instagram. You know, I'd, well, I follow Highland Games people on Instagram and I would just spend time watching their videos and, and just kind of mentally remembering what they're doing with their feet. So, mm-hmm. so that when I did have time to get out and practice, I would just think back to what I saw them do and then get get myself to do it and it worked seemed to work pretty well so i think i think even if if you can't actually be out there you know physically practicing with something it's still it's still great to spend that time studying uh what other people are doing and trying things out that way yeah i i think there's a lot of athletes that at least i would say like the top athletes like if, if they're injured or something, I've seen it in certain people that like when they actually take time off from what they're doing, they almost get better, even though they're not doing the actual thing because they're mm-hmm. almost visualizing it or thinking about it. They're yep. taking notes, they're watching stuff. So even in that downtime, they're actually like preparing themselves to, you know, come back better from an injury. Or even if they're not injured, like you said, maybe you just don't have access to a certain piece of equipment, but you can watch and study and kind of go through the motions. Um, I think that's a good message for people because there's a lot of times where people can kind of uh, kind of lay down some excuses and stuff like, Oh, it's the first time I've ever trained on this or, well, yeah, I haven't yeah. trained on that. And it's like, well, yeah, still doesn't necessarily give you an excuse. You know, if you, if you, if you agree to the rules and the terms to, to compete or do whatever it is, it's like, it's kind of a cop out. If you show up and you're like, Oh, well, I haven't trained on this. It's like, well, I mean, that's, that's kind of on you. You know what I mean? Sometimes when it comes to that. So I think it's, uh, yeah, solid advice because yeah you just i don't think people realize how how much better you can get at something by actually just watching it and almost mentally training it mm-hmm. and in the in yeah. the down in the downtime i do that with with grip stuff too i mean i'm constantly mm-hmm. watching what how people hold the implements in their their videos and i in general i have a lot of mixed feelings about social media um but it, but it does have its, its uses and mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do, I do see what other people are doing and, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll even message people if, if I notice them doing something that's different from how I do it, sometimes I'll message them and say, Hey, I noticed you holding the bar this way. Can you tell me why, why you're holding it that way? And people are usually uh, pretty open about sharing 
why they're doing things the way they're doing them. You know, sometimes it's because uh, they have an injury and have to hold it that way. And, you know, it could be a variety of reasons why they do what they do. But, um, and I'm thinking too, like I, I don't post a lot on, on social media as far as what I do in training. I've always kind of used it just to post highlights of, of training. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and how we do our training, um, you know, in our, in our room there at the, the recreation center, it, sometimes it's not uh, too conducive to taking video of my lifts. Um, because there could be eight of us in the same room at the same time. And it's just, I I don't really have space to set up a tripod and take a video of me doing stuff. So usually when I post videos of myself, um, it's when everybody else is gone and I have the time and the space to, to do whatever I need to do. Um, but you know, I, I probably should post more of, of my own training lifts just so people can see how I do stuff too. Um, just because I see the value in, in, looking at what other people do. Yeah. I mean, but that's, that's, you know, that's a totally your decision. You know, everybody's a little bit different and post different style or stuff when it comes to online things. But I I agree with you on that, that uh, most people are pretty willing to kind of talk about it and kind of uh, put that stuff out there or at least tell you why they're doing what they're doing. Um, Haven't ran into anybody that really is like, no, I can't tell you it's a secret, you know? It's yeah. pretty much like people, people are pretty open about it. Um, and, uh, usually pretty helpful. So it, yeah, it, it would be cool to see some more training lifts from you, but at the same time, I, I go through phases where I don't post anything for periods of a time, you know, and I'm still training, but I just might not be posting something or I might be doing a certain training and it's like, yeah, I've done this thing a hundred times. What am I going to do? Film it for the hundred and first time that just to post, like, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not into kind of just posting regular working type stuff you know if it's a bigger moment or something or it's a bigger lift maybe um kind of just to document it but yeah i I don't want to be we've joked about it before with other people and stuff but like posting warm-ups like i'm just posting my warm-ups today and it's like yeah okay you know but like it's it's not really um i guess bringing much to the table it's kind of a filler it's almost like ah you're just throwing stuff up to be throwing stuff up but if you're putting out different technique or showing maybe some bigger lifts and people can kind of see like, Oh, well that's what it takes to get to that level. Then I could see, yeah. you know what I mean? Where other people might gravitate towards it and be like, Hey, you know, why are you holding that that way? Or, Hey, you know, this is the strongest person on this mm. lift. What are they up to? You know? So I think yeah. you would, if you posted, you would definitely get some of that. People would definitely uh, find it interesting just considering how many records you have and, you know, kind of your status in the sport. Um, I'm sure you'd be getting hit up with a lot of questions if you posted more. Yeah. But yeah, once again, totally up to you. (laughs) I think it's good for people to be exposed to a lot of resources because so much of, so much of what I figured out for the best um, technique to use, it's really a lot of trial and error. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I remember, I remember it's going to be close to a year ago at this point. I think it was maybe January, maybe February or so. Um, Joe Hodgson posted a, kind of like a mini tutorial on Instagram sh- explaining how he uh, how he sets up. I, I can't remember if it was Axel or Saxon Bar, but he explained mm-hmm. what he does and why. Um, and I tried it 
And it was kind of a game changer for me. Uh, okay. And I, I adopted that technique for both um, the axle, axle deadlift and for the Saxon bar. But yeah. just doing a couple of adjustments, I think I added at least 10 pounds um, to my lifts. So... Yeah. That, yeah. That's just off of an internet video, you know, just seeing yeah. something and then implementing it. So. Right. Yep. So there, there are those, those nuggets out there that can really make a difference. Yeah. Now I want to dive into, um, I guess a pretty big topic because it's, uh, we've already talked about the competitions recently, obviously the records we've talked about, you know, kind of in the community, how you're running things and how the training sessions are going and other stuff like that. Um, but you've mentioned, and I'm kind of going off this, but, you know, basically that you're kind of a, one of the most unlikely people to have become elite at a sport because like we've yeah. already discussed how elite you are right now. We're talking about record after record and what you're lifting and all this other stuff. So um, you're writing down that you're, you know, one of the most unlikely people to be in that position that you are. So you've reached this status, you've reached this position where you're, you know, you're kind of at the top and uh, really at the top with not too many people challenging you. Um, but you're saying that that's kind of a, a, you maybe had like an unlikely beginning to get to that point. So did you want to elaborate on yeah. that and maybe kind of give, uh, give your story or your journey of kind of, uh, you know, how it kind of started or how you got to be where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, yeah, it, it still, every, every contest, um, I just think how lucky I am to be doing what I'm doing. Um, so I had done just to kind of back way up, um, you know, I had fairly active as a kid growing up. I did basketball for a couple of years in high school, but I was, um, I got injured a lot, you know, I didn't have very good full body strength. So I always had knee problems and back problems. Um, <clears throat> as an adult, um, like I had a lot of knee pain, went to the orthopedic surgeon. Um, they said, well, first they told me that it was a torn ACL. And then they said that's, um, it was a meniscus tear. So, um, it was so bad that I wasn't able to really do, do the activities that made me happy. Um, mm -hmm. and I just got more and more, um, more and more stiff, I guess, from the inactivity, just, just had a hard time, um, standing up out of chairs, getting up off the floor. Um, it was really bad. Um, so, and this, this was, so I'm 44 years old now. Um, this was when I was in my mid thirties. So okay. I had a knee surgery, uh, to repair the meniscus. This was, um, 2014. And, uh, as a, as a complication from that surgery, um, 10 days after the surgery, um, I had, um, well, basically I developed a pulmonary embolism, massive mm -hmm. bilateral pulmonary embolism. So I got um, DVT, so blood clots in my calf that uh, split off and went to my lungs. Mm -hmm. And there's 
one morning where I woke up, this was 10 days after my, my pretty routine surgery and, um, passed out on the floor of my bathroom. So, um, so I was in the hospital for several days in ICU, um, till, till they finally sent me home. Um, so even after having the surgery on my knee, um, I still, still had some continuing, continuing issues after that. So I went to see more doctors. Um, the, the surgeon who had operated on me uh, said there wasn't any more he could do for me. So he, he shipped me off to this surgeon in Boston. And um, the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon there, uh, said he wanted to do this procedure called an osteotomy, which is where they cut open the thigh bone and insert a wedge to realign the, the bones in the leg. And he told me that I would need um, double knee replacement surgery by the time I was in my 40s, or okay. my, by the time I was in my mid 40s. Yeah. So, so here I was like really, <laughs> really hard off from the, the physical uh, strain of going through the pulmonary embolism. That took me a year to recover from that, but okay. um, still having all these issues after the fact. And Meanwhile, my husband, Jim, um, he had started weights, started lifting weights, and he had got really good results out of lifting weights. He competed in uh, his first strongman contest. I think it was 2015. He won the local Nova Strong Strongman contest in New Hampshire. Um, but, you know, I was I was 35 years old and just facing a really bleak future. You know, I just couldn't, couldn't do anything. I couldn't go for hikes with my dogs. Um, like just had a hard time even walking. So I remember asking the orthopedic surgeon. So Jim was suggesting that I lift weights, which seemed ridiculous to me at the time, you know, like I, I could hardly stand up. How was I going to lift weights? You know? So yeah. I remember having, I remember talking to the orthopedic surgeon and saying, you know, weighing, these these drastic surgeries like surely there had to be a better way right so i asked you know can i lift weights and the surgeon was just really dismissive about it and he but he said that it probably wouldn't make me any worse so go ahead and try um and i did i i jim taught me how to lift weights with a barbell um i remember the first time standing, standing with a barbell on my back, not even any weights on it, just the bar. And just, I was like jello. I could, I could barely stand with a bar yeah. on my back. Um, but I, you know, I started and I just kept going and really it only took probably three or so weeks until I started to feel improvement and how I felt. Um, my, my knee pain got less and less and, um, I, I just kept, you know, I did, I think it was a five, three, one program mm -hmm. and I just built my way up. Um, I had only been lifting, I think about six weeks or so, um, when the local, the Granite State Strongman Championship the upcoming one got announced, which was still, I think about six months out from when it registration opened. Um, but I registered for it. I, 
and it was so crazy at the time, like me doing something like that. Right. Um, so, so I did, I, and, and I remember people saying, are you sure you want to do that? Like, it was just so crazy, such a crazy thing. Um, but I love having goals. I love having things to work towards. And I took it so seriously and I trained so hard for that first strongman contest. And I, I got really great gains, you know, that first, the, the newbie gains, I got great gains mm-hmm. as soon as I started going. Um, so, so yeah, October, 2016 was my first strongman contest. And, um, I think I came in third place out of four people, mm-hmm. um, but I was doing things that I just had never dreamed I'd ever be able to do. It just, how far, you know, I climbed out of, climbed out of that hole, you know, I just, um, and I just have never stopped. So, you know, I did Starman for a few years and that kind of morphed into um, focusing on the grip stuff. Um, since about 2019, which it's crazy. It's been almost five years. Um, but yeah, so, so I think it's, it's easy for people to see me and what I've done and and be like, Oh, Sarah Chapelow, of course, of course, she's going to get these records. Of course, she's going to win this contest. But to me, every time, um, it's still such a surprise. It's still, I'm just so grateful to, to even be there at all, you know, doing what I'm doing. So um, yeah, well, that's so really. I'll keep going. Yeah, keep going. So it's just it's. I use the word wild because I I just don't know how else to describe it. It's just this this crazy, um, just a crazy thing to happen to me, and and a crazy journey for me to get to where I am today. So, it, yeah. Well, like you said, you weren't really like lifting weights. You weren't, um, you know having like the most athletic background, some of yeah. the health issues and stuff like that. So yeah, some of those earlier things you're talking about, you're not even, um, you probably weren't even, you probably didn't even care that you got third. You're almost probably just like, it's, it's your first competition. You're probably like, you're looking at where you were and where you had yeah. gotten to. And like, that was really the only thing that mattered probably. I, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of speculating, but. Nope. You're right on. I felt like, I felt like a winner. You know, like I, yeah, it, yeah. And then, like you said, now that you haven't stopped, it's like you have reached a level where you're truly, I mean, an elite athlete at Mm -hmm. something and at the top of it. So, um, I think that that's a uh, inspiring story that I'm really glad that you brought that up and took the time to share that because, like you said, so often I think people just assume that the, you know, you, anyone else that's at the top, they just assume that that person, oh, of course they're at the top. Like it's easy for them. And oftentimes it's like, everybody's pretty human. Everybody's gone through some stuff. So, you know, we see a lot of these top lifters and it's like, they're not immune to having life happen to them, you know? And it's not to say that some people haven't had it a little easier or are genetically gifted and whatever. It goes both ways, but for the most part, everybody's dealing with life in some capacity and has some kind of thing going on. And it's not always just a given that, Oh yeah, well, Sarah's just always going to be elite because that's just how it was when she showed up. And you're like, right. No, I started with a bar on my back and I could barely stand up or I could barely even get yeah. out of the chair. Yeah. So, I actually used cans of water chestnuts as my first weights 
when I was okay. doing all this physical therapy, like before I can even yeah. use the little pink dumbbells, mm -hmm. the physical therapist had me using cans, uh, cans of water chestnuts. So, so yeah. now I'm just a huge advocate of, you know, fitness as something to enhance lives. And, it, you know, I, I think to myself, time and gravity are coming after all of us. And, you know, we've got to fight to stay ahead. So. No, definitely. And I think it's also worth noting that uh, not only your personal story, but how you're kind of tying that back into the work that you're doing yeah. with, with, with the fitness in your community and your local area and stuff. So like I said, I think, I think that kind of makes everything come full circle for that. You know, yeah. not only did you have this kind of like triumphant story where you're overcoming these obstacles, getting to an elite level, at a point in time when like you pretty much would never expect that was going to be, you know, the outcome, like before you had right. touched weights, you're like, I'm not going to be an elite lifter. Or what are you talking about? Now you're like at that point, but then you're also not just like content with stopping. You kind of saw what it could do for you. And then you're turning around and providing that same opportunity for so many other people. Right. So. It's kind of, it's kind of twofold. It's like now at this point, um, like I, I can push myself towards, you know, meet these goals and these records and kind of pushing, I guess, the, the human limit that way. But I also am able to enjoy the regular parts of my life. Like I can take my dogs for a walk, you know, and it just these, these regular everyday things are just, um, I'm just able, able to do and able to enjoy. So it's, it's, I'm just really lucky how, how things ended up. Okay. And, uh, going back to kind of a little bit of your training. Um, I know you've wrote down that you had like a, uh, like a grip off season where maybe you took some yeah. time off. Right. And yes. kind of talking about, uh, like a slow and steady, you know, kind of wins the race type thing and taking an off season. Um, could you just kind of go into detail about that? Um, yeah. Because so often we, we think about like, well, what are you doing for training? What are you doing for training? And like, you're kind of mentioning right. with, you know, Hey, walking the dogs or doing something else or experiencing other things in life, going hiking, you know, doing whatever you're doing. Um, but so many people are so obsessed with like doing the thing that they don't realize that part of the equation might be stepping away from the thing. Yeah. Um, so, so in, in my, my grip career, career, um, I've only done grip stuff, um, usually once a week, maybe twice a week. Mm -hmm. Um, right. Re more recently, I've been doing it to two full grip work workouts a week. Um, and I have seen some pretty good progress from that, but, uh, I know, I know for myself, um, to keep, to keep the interest in the lifts that I do and to also keep from getting overuse injuries in my hands and arms. Um, I like to train, I guess the least amount possible to get the most optimal result. Mm -hmm. And by, by doing it that way, you know, I see these gains increase from year to year steadily. And it's like, you know, maybe, maybe I could train more and, and get those gains slightly faster, but I know that there's that risk of just getting 
injured and then not being able to do anything. Um, so, so I kind of weigh, weigh that too in my training. Um, but I did take, I did take an off season, um, basically after it was from March after the Arnold until, well, I competed in a powerlifting contest in June and I told myself I wasn't going to do any King Kong training until August, but I kind of started in July. Mm -hmm. Um, and in that period, that period was maybe like, I don't know, three or four months, but I did grip stuff. Um, like maybe something, something, um, maybe once every two weeks, just, just to kind of pick up something and do something like our, our powerlifting team does a lot of wrist roller. So maybe I would jump in with them and do something like that, but I didn't do anything specific, at training, um, for any, any contests in that period. Um, and I didn't lose any grip strength at all by taking three or four months off. When I, when I started back in, uh, with the training in, in July, um, it took me a couple of sessions to get my hands used to holding those heavy weights again, just, mm -hmm. just, uh, just the skin getting used to, to holding it. Um, but I didn't lose any strength doing it. And in fact, I think it benefited me more in the long run, um, just because any kind of, um, overuse injury that I had in my training up going into the Arnold, um, I just had time to, to heal from that. So, uh, so that's something I really benefited from and I'll, I definitely want to work in more off season time in the future. I don't see any, any drawback to doing that. Um, no, it t totally makes sense to me. I'm, I'm probably somebody that's a little bit guilty of going the other way and maybe doing a little too much, or at least early on, I'd say like the first two, two years that I was doing grip, I probably was like four or five times a week. I'm doing anything and everything I can get my hands on. And then you do hit a point where you're almost like you're riding a fine line between injuring yourself, just burning out and just a lot of stuff. Like, like you were kind of mentioning, you know, when you kind of take that step back, it, it just kind of keeps things fresh. You're not losing any, you're not losing out on anything. And you're, if anything, mm -hmm. you know, you're just kind of preparing your body better for the next kind of big ramp up whenever you're getting ready for competitions, yeah. if competitions is something you're into, but it could be the same thing yeah. for a personal goal in your own gym. It doesn't have to be a major competition. If you just have your eyes set on this specific goal, sometimes taking those kind of, uh, I guess like an off season or kind of working in waves to where you're not always just switched on to a you know level a hundred, you yeah. can actually kind of uh, accomplish a lot more or be more efficient. I think is a, a big part of that. You're not, you're not racking up yeah. extra mileage for nothing. So we right. you agree with that pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, is there anything else about your training you'd like to mention? Just maybe something else that you think that maybe you do a little bit differently than somebody else or, or there are other people or any other advice, I guess, similar to like, Hey, having an off season, is there anything else? Um, I guess it would make your training unique or is it just kind of uh, following the basics, basic principles, you know, not yeah. doing anything too fancy. Um, 
sometimes beginners ask me about my training, what I do for training. And I might tell them, but I also give them the caveat that the way they should train as beginners is different from how I train now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm willing to to give them some, uh, a, f- a few tips to get them started. Um, but, you know, like, like with the, the kids we work with and the, our, our powerlifting teams, um, I, tr- I try to uh, point out resources that they can find in our gym or any gym in America where they can they can work on their grip, um, I- incorporate that into their workouts. Um, it doesn't, people don't need specialized equipment to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, a really great thing just to get started is do all of your deadlifts double overhand, you know, uh, until, until you can't anymore. And, um, so, so yeah, so I, I don't want people to look at how, how I do things now and think that they need to replicate that or anything. Um, yeah. it's, it's, you know, if you're a beginner, um, look at, look at everything you can, maybe hire a coach, uh, knows how to how to steer you in the right direction um but yeah I guess that's it okay yeah no problem like I said just giving you a chance to kind of elaborate on anything else yeah. maybe training wise that and the blobs are cool I've gotten into the blobs recently okay yeah <laughs> and uh you lifted like a half 80 I did yeah so, so that's yeah. I mean that's that's pretty good I mean that's uh like I said, especially if you haven't really had hands on them or ever really tried them and then like one just shows up and then you're like, oh yeah, I, I lifted that half 80. Like obviously your other stuff, your other training has carryover to it, but still kind of being first time, you know, doing it, sometimes you're expecting uh, a little bit of an adjustment period, you know, oh, it might take me a week or two to get used to this, but you pretty much lifted a half 80 like first day. Yeah. So I think there's yeah. some, some good potential there for the blob lifting. Yeah. So we'll have to get Lots you have to find you some uh have to find you some heavier ones. <laughs> like a 90, start working up. Um yeah. But uh talking about like blobs or like goals like that, um future goals. Um you have more competitions coming up, right? You're gonna be busy again yeah, with some future stuff. Month. So and that's in Sweden. Yeah, next month. Yeah, they have okay. a big contest in Sweden. Yeah, yeah, and winter that's um, yep, yeah, winter grip wars. Okay, and uh, yeah, how how are you feeling about that? People. How many people was that? Sorry, um, I think sixty three. That's the last I checked. Okay, so it's so... pretty big. There are seven events, and they're all going to be done on the same day. Everybody's going to do all seven events the same day. All right, so that's going to be a so, long day. Yeah, I assume I assume um, that'll be a pretty long day. <laughs> I assume so too. <laughs> we'll see. You know, yeah. I, and I do a lot of I do a lot of endurance training with grip lifts, but I don't know. That's that's a long day. So so we'll see. We'll see how how I hold up for that. Now, is there any um, different? I was gonna say, is there any like new opposition you might be facing over there? Have you seen some, like signups or anybody's name where you're like, wait a minute, like haven't competed against them yet, but I've seen videos. Is there any you know going international yeah. like that? Is there kind of a new I don't know. I guess 
I don't want to say target, but like, is there anybody you have your eyes kind of on is like, Oh, you know, that, that might be somebody to watch out for. Um, how, how do you feel about that? Yeah. So um, I saw Becca Roberts is on the, the roster. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's obviously very strong. Um, so, so I expect she's going to put up some big numbers and things. Um, Gabby Dixon is signed up. So okay, yeah. I remember watching her lift at the Arnold. Yep. Yep. She's, she's quite strong. So, and there are a lot of um, European lifters that I'm not as familiar with. So I guess I'm not quite sure what to expect out of, out of a lot of them. With the so, names. Yeah. With the names you've already mentioned though. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a stacked, uh, stacked division. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, I hope all your training goes well leading up to that and I uh, hope you perform well, obviously. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in touch on that. Or like I said, with the show, I can always update, you know, maybe even do a recap of the event. Like I said, it is in Sweden. So I, I'd have to get somebody that was there, you know, in person, maybe to help me with the recap, because I I'd like to, you know, at least know what was going on, but, uh, mm. but yeah, you know, best of luck in that competition. And um, I think everybody's kind of excited to see how that one unfolds. And it, like I said, at least being somebody on the show, I, I'm interested to see how you do. And uh, I'll be keeping up. I'll, I'll be keeping up with that and seeing, uh, seeing mm. how that unfolds. Um, yeah. So you're in the running for hosting grip sport nationals and that would be in april right because for anybody that's not aware um the way it's been at least for the last several years is is uh is, is, as long as i've known but like i said there's a lot of history before me um there's always been like a poll for nationals and there will be like whatever promoters want to host a venue at their location and they have to make their event selection it gets voted on by all the qualified lifters most votes basically wins and that's where nationals is uh is going to be held so you're in the running for that um i don't know if i've if i've seen the full list of everybody that's put in for it but i know that there's like at least three or four um yeah but yeah how 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 do you feel about that just kind of being in the running and and attempting to host nationals yeah we would love to host it here um it's we have a we have a great town. We have a lot of community spirits. Um, you know, we've mentioned to some people that this is something that we're we're in the running to do, and people are just really excited about it. So there's there's a lot of um, a lot of people here who are willing willing to chip in to make it a really great event. Um, so yeah, Wyoming's beautiful. People sh- people should visit. Yeah, I, I've been out as far as uh, well been to uh, been to california but i've also been to like colorado but like i've kind of missed that uh that gap in between you know what i mean i've I've never been to wyoming before so it would be cool to it would be cool to go out there for a competition and just kind of see everything so um i hope the voting and everything goes well for that like i said i don't know who else is all put in for it um i i know that i thought i saw a list at some point where there was like two or three different people that had put in for it but I don't know if there's going to be any more added. I don't even know when the voting's going to take place. Do you have any idea when the voting might take place? I think I heard November sometime. So it should be pretty soon. Okay. All right. Well, so like I said, we might, might find out more here coming up. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, best of luck in that as well, being in the running for that. Because like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure you'd like to have at least one competition close to home that's kind of big. Because like I said, you're going to 
all these other places you're going to sweden florida i mean you're all over the place it would probably be yeah. aside from just you know the i guess like the joy of hosting it and all that stuff but like not having to travel for once would probably be a little bit of a relief as well yeah there is a contest coming up um i want to say it's march 9th in cheyenne wyoming um mm-hmm. there's already a few people signed up for that uh but that one that one had quite a few people turn up for it last year and i think this is the second year they're they're holding it there in cheyenne so i'm plan- okay. planning to go to that one too okay yeah so you're yeah. you're basically not slowing down you're just gonna keep hammering all these competitions right because you also have written down that uh, the North American Grip Sport Championship, which is in June in Ottawa, so that would be another yep. one, right? So yeah, yep. you're essentially traveling all over and competing everywhere. So um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it sounds it sounds it kind of sounds crazy when you um, when you read it all out loud because <clears throat> it's like, man, you're uh, like I said King Kong. You even flew for that, so like. For a multi-venue competition, you flew you flew to Colorado for that. You're in Florida, going to be in Sweden. Sure. I drove to Carbondale, but yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I drove down to Carbondale. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought you said you flew for that as well. I, okay. My bad. <laughs> oh, I'll edit yeah. that out. No. Just yeah, I've been doing a lot of traveling. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, just wish you the best in all that traveling and um, all those competitions. And I I expect we'll see just more big lifts from you. Like I said, your, your training's dialed in. You're smart about it. You're not in a rush with things and uh, seem to be very patient to, you know, to pull off the big lifts when it matters the most. So that's, yeah. that, that's at least my prediction yeah. and kind of what I'm anticipating. Now, yeah. real this quick. This is a really oh, time yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. If I can, like, uh, no, yeah. this is a really, time to be involved in in grip and that's in part to what you're doing with your show and creating the excitements around it and you know the the contest recaps and having interviews so people just feel like they are part of this community a little bit more so Mm -hmm. you know i've been doing this for almost five years and this is like right now is the most fun i've had with it um just because of that community feeling that that's building so, so thank you. Oh, no, yeah. I, I, I'm i saying thank you to everybody else because, like I said, although I'm the one that kind of hosts the show and stuff like that, I kind of view it as everybody's show. You know, or like you said, that kind of sense of community. So, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the person that's kind of like, I guess, running it. But at the same time, I kind of view it as just a resource for everybody and I'm just kind of a part of it, you know, even though – yeah, I'm running it. I just kind of view myself as being just like one little piece of it and everybody else. Because I mean, if I don't have people to interview, I can't talk to myself. If people aren't competing, I can't break down any results, you know, so it's like everybody else is uh, just as important really for the show as I would be, you know, so that that's kind of how I view the show. But yeah, thank you for the the compliments and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I was hoping to achieve with kind of kicking this off was just being a resource and bringing more information putting more people out there more coverage and just kind of uh just building stuff up and just kind of seeing what happens with it but uh, i i would agree now there's some periods of time where i wish i could have gotten to lift with different lifters from the past that aren't as active Mm. anymore and that would have been fun 
But as far as like competing right now, I do agree with you that it's probably one of the best times to be involved in the sport because I think it's only going to get better. I, I think it's really at a point where there's been some ups and downs here and there with some stuff. But I think right now, a lot of the people know each other through the internet, whatever it may be, meeting up, traveling at these competitions. I, I think the community is kind of getting stronger and is a little mm-hmm. bit more more supportive. And I think the level of everybody is rising as well. So aside from there being more of a community kind of aspect to it, the community's stronger too. And that's just yep. driving everybody else up. So I think it's kind of just going to keep steadily climbing. At least that's what I hope for. Um, with that being said, I always do like a questions for me type thing. Um, and if, if you want to ask me any questions, you can, you can hit me up with any random questions you want. Um, I have one that was already written down. If you want me to go off of that, um, I can go off of that first. Sure. Go for okay. it. Okay. So, um, you had asked, um, how can feats get more incorporated into grip contests and would I even want them to be? Um, yeah, I, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm definitely a fan of kind of like mixing in the feats and by feats, you know, what was Sarah's referring to would be something like we mentioned earlier, like the blobs or hubbing plates. Oftentimes really the easiest way to get feats in a competition is to do a medley. Um, Mm. If, if you have a medley, you can set up, you know, plate pinching hubs, um, hammers, you know, hammer levers, all kinds of stuff. So you can kind of have those odd objects in any medley. So I would say if anybody's looking to add, like different feats of strength into your competition pick your standardized equipment your event lineup and then just host a medley i know it can sometimes you know it can be a lot to put it together and it can be tough to have all the implements and or you know items i guess but that would be my first tip would just be to have a medley of some sort and even if you have people traveling in have them bring stuff to you have them bring their own items to the medley if you don't have it all where you're at Mm -hmm. you know have have somebody you know hey what do you got oh okay i got this and that you know bring your stuff you know and that can help out um so yeah i definitely i'm 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 a fan of stuff like that like nationals had a medley this year i was a i I was a fan of the medley that was one of my favorite things like a three minute medley um some interesting stuff double hammer lever inch dumbbells, blobs, plate pinching, even had card tearing. I'd never even torn a deck of cards before. That was my first time tearing through a deck of cards was just in the medley on the spot. Um, oh, so. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, they, they was. I mean, I know the cards also go like some decks are easier, so I don't think it was like the hardest deck of cards ever to tear, but it's still tearing a deck of cards in half, and I had never even really tried to do it. So that was kind of like a fun one to do on the spot, but uh but yeah, so I'm all about it. Another thing that I've kind of hinted at on the show that I think would be really cool is if at some point we could do like uh super matches, like one-on-one and just have like a one-on-one matchup. And then that, that would be a way that I think we could incorporate different feats. Like let's just say pick whatever male lifter versus, you know, another male lifter. Here's the inch dumbbell walk up lift for lift and just go back until someone fails. I think that would be awesome. You know, just kind of like, uh, it's kind of like when they do in the strongman uh, tiebreaker, they go to like the stone oh, yeah. off and it's yeah. like, you just keep passing the stone back and forth until someone can't do it. 
And yeah. I would like to see, you know, whether that's bells, blobs, um, it could be, I don't even, you know, hub lifting, whatever. I don't care what it is. I just think it would be cool to see one-on-one matchups on those kind of items. Like, you know, and, and the thing about this is it would have to be at the same venue. It's not something you could do multi-venue because you have to be there with the actual pieces. But I don't know. That's what that, that's what kind of pops in my head. Um, do you have any thoughts on that at all? Anything to add? Uh, the 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 one-on-one contest sounds really fun. I've never yeah. I haven't seen that for any grip stuff, but but yeah, that sounds really cool. It, it's been talked about, um, and there there maybe has been some times where maybe it's kind of been done. But I, I would almost like it to be like a, like a fight card, you know, where you almost start off with like preliminary bouts and then you work up to like oh, yeah. a, co- a co-main event, a main event. And maybe the people that are going head to head can kind of negotiate what lifts they want to do or what the challenge is going to be or what the rules are. And I would like to see like a card basically where it's like so-and-so versus so-and-so and then just all the way up until you get to whatever that main event may be or whoever's going to be the headline. And I think that would be, you know, a a switch up from the typical format. Mm -hmm. But I think if you could kind of, if someone could kind of put it together and uh, maybe even do like a promotional video leading up to it, kind of promote it, put it out there and get everybody in the same spot for it, that would be pretty cool. And honestly, while I think about it, I think that if, uh, if somebody didn't want to just have like an, a singular event, like by itself, maybe if somebody doesn't want to compete in nationals, have like one of those super matches, like during nationals. So like, Oh, these two aren't going to be competing in the main list for nationals, but they're going to be there for this other event. That's going to be, t- you know, it's going to be taking place at that venue though. So obviously someone would have to remove themselves from competing in the competition Unless they wanted to do both, maybe, but you you want to have them at their best. You don't want them burn out or whatever. But that would be another option. I think that would be cool. Is like, okay, you know, hey, we got fifteen people at nationals. We have you know four people that are going to do super matches. So we have like two, you know, one on one, one on one, and there's going to be two super matches that go along with nationals. Mm-hmm. Who's that going to be? What are the event? You know what event is it going to be and what are they going to be doing? So that, that, that just like, that's my take on it is uh, I'm all for it. And I think there's a lot of ways we could work it in. I just think it would need the right promotion, like the right promotion behind it. Like the people have to, the people would have to be informed about it and there'd have to be a little bit of hype behind it. It's very, you know, it's a very small sport. Sometimes it can be tough to get the traveling done. Sometimes it can be tough for people to agree on event lineups and different things like that. So it would come with a lot of challenges. Yeah. But personally, I I would love to see it. I would love to see like six or seven super matches in a row. And they don't even have to be the same thing. Like one could be about the inch dumbbell. The other one could be, hey, these three people are going to go head to head on this handle or what I don't know. Just something like that that would be different from a typical contest format. Just yeah. to make it interesting. So anyway, yeah. that's Which, that's uh, my uh that's my ramblings on that. Would you do um, kind of like a pay-per-view for that? Or, you know, yeah, people, no, I, people could like yeah, I mean, tune in and see it? 
It would almost be set up. Yeah. If it, in a perfect world, it would almost be like that. Now I, if I was running it, I probably wouldn't charge anybody. I would just live stream it. Like you said, you know, I'm like, mm. I, I wouldn't be trying to make money off of it or nothing. It's just, I think it would just be cool if we could just even get that done for free, you know, without having to pay for it. Like, Hey, can somebody live stream this? There's some promo videos for it, but the, I guess the format in my head would be kind of like how pay-per-view events are ran. Mm-hmm. Just without the the pay the paywall, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like it to be in my head. I would like it to be free for people to see and live streamed, but I would want it to almost be as if you were watching a pay per view event type right. thing. So I bet people I don't would know. watch it. I would I would watch it. <laughs> you you'd probably be one of the people in the super matches. We just got to find yeah, some people to, to challenge you. You know, but right. but like I said, you would you might not have to be in every one of them. So yeah, you know. Just like any other competition, when your class isn't going or you're not up, you can kick back and watch everybody else and see who else is competing. But I can think of so many cool matchups that I would like to see and stuff like that, you know, like basically fantasy matchups. But I don't know. Maybe someday we'll we'll see some of that or maybe I'll try to put some of that together at some point. But that's just something that would intrigue me that's a little different. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I said, I won't go on and on about it, but medleys are probably the easiest way to get feats involved in a mm-hmm. competition. Yeah. Um, and then aside from that, I would like to see super matches involve some feats and stuff, you know, back and forth between two people and just see what happens. And if somebody loses, it's like you got to just, you know, drop any ego that's attached to it. Because if if you lose, it's like that that one event, that one match doesn't define all of your training, your whole career, everything you've ever lifted on. So yeah. just jump back up and do another one. You know, it's it's like any other yeah. lift. Sometimes you lift it, sometimes you don't. We'll just go to the next event, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of my yeah. take on it. Um, is there anything else to add? Like I said, been rolling a pretty pretty good time. And like I said, I don't want to hold you up too much, but if you have any other topics or questions or things to put out there, I definitely want to give you the platform to do it. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I think we're okay. good. Yeah. All righty. So any, any closing words for the, uh, the group community? Um, <laughs> just keep on, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, support the grip show because it's doing really great things for, for all of us. So please do whatever you can to support, support Zach and his efforts. Um, I, I appreciate everybody that has supported the show and everybody that's um, reached out to me about the show and it's helped me out a lot too, because like I said, I'm talking to the, I'm, I'm talking to people, I'm talking to world-class lifters. So I'm learning as well. So it's, it's not like I'm just providing, Oh man, he's, he's doing the show, support him. It's like, I'm learning just as much as anybody and I'm getting to talk to so many great lifters and stuff, you know? So it's, it's a good thing for me as well. So it's, you know, I don't want to make it seem like I'm providing something and, you know, yeah. I love that people are supportive of it and everything like that, but like I'm getting just as much from all the people in the community as well. So it's kind of like a mutual thing. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a one way, uh, one way deal. So um, definitely appreciate it. And Sarah, thank you for taking the time. And like I said, I'm sure we'll have you back for some kind of recap, some other type of interview, whatever it may be, but look forward to, uh, your future competitions and we look forward to seeing what you lift in the future. And like I said, I'm sure you'll, you'll be back on the show at some point in time to 
give us the rundown on competitions or other things you've been doing. So thanks again. Yeah, sounds good. You're welcome. Thank you, Zach. Take care. All right. Yep. Yeah.